In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. I couldn't find anybody else that was thinking the way I was thinking, so I tried to do it myself, and it became kind of fun. I wanted to make it appear to the public to be a band, because I think it's more interesting. Um, getting big in this strange way. way, way.
Welcome to your Tuesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. How are you guys doing today? How was the re-entry to the week from the weekend? I hope it was good. We are already on fire in terms of pop culture stories. It's six o'clock here, and I, I was I'm Listen, I was like, part of me is like, I want to wait till 10 o'clock to record this because I believe like four other pop culture stories are going to happen, but that's will be what the Wednesday or the Thursday show is for, you know? So what you heard was a mashup of Nine Inch Nails and Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen, I think is one of the most underrated pop singers of all time. I think she is so many bops. Her new album comes out in October. I'm very excited about it. And if you listened to the show yesterday, you know that I went and saw Nine Inch Nails on Saturday night uh, in downtown Los, An- Los Angeles, and it blew me away. And what fascinates me about Trent Reznor, I mean, so many things, the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, was that he created all of that music by himself at first. And then he eventually moved it to a band for live performances. But that was all done from him, you know, like all of the computer is, you know, I don't know, it blows me away. So artistry, ah, music. Okay, you guys, let's get into it. Something happened today that I did not think we would see. It has been 23 years. I'm still blown away. And of course, I am talking about Adam Levine from Maroon 5 finally getting caught cheating on his wife. No, 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 no. We'll get into that in a second. Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Uh, No, of course, I'm talking about uh, Adnan Saeed from the uh, popular podcast Serial, which we talked about yesterday. We've had Rabia Chowdhury on the show before, who has been by his side fighting this case for the last 23 years, and he was released today from prison after 23 years. Um, they are still going to have to go through another trial. He is released on his reconnaissance, his own reconnaissance. And, um, it, it was just, no matter where you stand on this case, it was truly fascinating watching him walk out those doors after 23 years. I mean, put yourself in those shoes. I mean, I remember that West Memphis three case, they, uh, they were freed and and one of the gentlemen had his eyesight had deteriorated so bad in prison that he was ha- i mean think about the adjustment from a certain type of lighting a certain type of cell a certain type of day to day and then throwing 2022 into the mix walking outside being able to stay outside as long as you can there was footage actually you guys of him going uh to where he's staying i think it's his is uh is it his parents' place? Um, and 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 they had, you know, he was going in and getting leftovers out of the fridge. And I'm just like, imagine that after tasting prison food for 23 years, being able to have. I mean, what did that leftover taste like? I mean, I mean, the uh, I was sitting there thinking, oh my god, this guy's about to have the worst stomach ache of his life after reintroducing like normal food after prison food. But it truly is shocking. So here is the. Um, Here's the information that I have. I want to get, read some of this to you. Uh, Sandra had taken some notes for me uh, for the show, and I just think this is so fascinating. So Adnan is released under house detention. The state has 30 days to drop the charges or do a new trial. 
The state is also waiting for DNA results to come back. Adnan's statement to his new attorney, Erica Suter, from the Innocence Project, which if you have not looked up what the Innocence Project does, it is just an amazing organization that really goes in there and goes through these cases and thinks, you know, these are wrongful convictions and really puts in the time and resources to fight uh, to get these people freed. Uh, Adnan's statement is, quote, I can't believe it's real. He's looking forward to spending time with his family. His mom and brother, along with Rabia, were in court today. Uh, the dad, we think, is too sick. Sarah Koenig, who you might remember that name, she was the host of the Serial podcast, uh, you know, and and did that gripping first season of Serial. She was there, even though speculations are going around that she told Rabia she didn't believe in Adnan's innocence. And hashtag, hashtag free Adnan followers were not happy to see Sarah there. Lots of bad comments, I guess, in the live chat. So Rabia and Colin Miller will host a new podcast under Undisclosed. Now, Rabia did my podcast less than a year ago. I think I might re-release that episode maybe on Wednesday because it's fascinating just to think how much can change in one year and how little has changed in 22 or 23 years. It's just wild. So they'll, uh, they'll be going through serial episodes about Adnan together, I guess, in this new podcast. Um, so the Baltimore sun, you know, we're talking about what is the new evidence that secured this release? Uh, the motion from the office of Baltimore state's attorney, Mar Marilyn Mosby focused on two alternative suspects who prosecutors now say, were prematurely overlooked by the authorities investigating Lee's homicide. And that's, of course, the victim, Hyman Lee. And we we really, you know, that is one of those things is that, you know, a lot of people that are pro-Adnan are very excited right now. Of course, how could you not be? But we have to remember who we, you know, we always need to honor the victim as well, or at least that's my opinion, is that we're all here because there was a girl murdered um, by somebody. Um, the two suspects may be involved individually or may be involved together, prosecutors wrote. One suspect threatened to kill Lee, according to the motion. Prosecutors wrote that they discovered that information in the trial file of the originals, the original assistant state attorney, but that it was not disclosed to the defense. That's a violation of law, and prosecutors now say the information could have been paramount importance to Saeed's defense at trial. Prosecutors say the joint investigation revealed the alternative suspects had documented records of violence towards women, including several convictions for crimes that occurred after Saeed's trial. One suspect was convicted of a series of rapes, according to court papers. One suspect was convicted of attacking a woman, and one suspect was accused of forcibly confining a woman. So, that would definitely stir up reasonable doubt, right? And that was hidden. That was in the original case file, which now I'm fascinated how, I mean, so the Innocence Project, I'm guessing, got, got access to these case files at some point. I mean, think about this and found something, a scrap of paper. Your mind just kind of just blows up thinking about, I mean, I've got goose pimples. People say when I, <laughs> goosebumps, but I like to say goose pimples to annoy people, but it really does. I mean, just think about that. You know, Adnan, to his credit, has, has proclaimed his innocence the entire way through. I've, I've got to admit there have been times when I remember listening to Serial the first time and going, I, it's got to be him. You know, 
I mean, but this is really damning. And this is why the prosecutors were very smart to say, yeah, we will, we'll, we'll leave you on house arrest. We're, we'll get you out of prison for the time being. Cause they made a really messed. I mean, they've already really messed up if they truly ignored that. And after he went to prison, these two additional suspects actually did rape and attack women and confine women. Wild, wild, wild. Wow. But I I really urge you guys to go check out that video of him walking out of the court. You know, I just, I can't, I just can't imagine, uh, you know, and, and we, if you followed any of this or the documentary on HBO or Robbie's podcast or anything, you know, I just, I would, I, I can't wait to hear what his family, uh, has to say, cause that just, uh, they've always stood by him. So what, what, I mean, what, what an amazing development. We talked about it on Monday's show, where I talked about it, the possibility of that happening today, but it truly did happen. Now, Hyman Lee's family, um, unfortunately, there's always kind of like, they they said they were notified a week ago that this was in the works, but they tried to uh, file a motion to um, kind of stall Adnan's release, saying that they didn't have enough time, but they were turned down on that motion because uh, they did have a week. So who knows? Because this is the pain of their having to relive, of course, of their daughter, their beautiful daughter, a very smart woman that, that was murdered brutally. And and I can't imagine what that pain's like to have to relive again and again and again. But if he is innocent, he does not belong in prison, period. So um, we'll keep you updated. And, you know, this is so interesting because you're like, Ryan, why are you talking about this? Well, this to me is one of the first sign markers or posts or whatever you want to call it, where we started making pop culture intersect with true true crime. I was talking about West Memphis 3 and the documentaries uh, yesterday on the podcast, but this, much earlier than serial. And, you know, it was kind of like the independent film, even though it was on HBO and not a lot of people knew about it. You had stars getting involved in the West Memphis three case, but a lot of people still don't know, you know, who the West Memphis three are, but serial was the first one. And it was the first platform podcast, God forbid, where it just kind of exploded. My ex wrote me today and she said she sent me the variety article and said i remember you making you making me listen to this on a drive to arizona for thanksgiving and we had just devoured all the episodes and then when we came back each week we did listen to the new episode and we were just i mean i was obsessed about this and i mean i remember going on i mean this is so funny i don't really go on reddit but i remember creating i think a reddit account <laughs> i think it was like lcd fan one or something lcd sound system fan or something but just to read the theories because it was also one of those one of the first times that became um you know where we were crowdsourcing information that we were seeing that these fans fans of things actually are some of the smartest people that you know you guys out there listening i mean some of the big like and and the patience to go through this material remember the best buy payphone remember i mean speaking of adam levine payphone he wrote that hit song uh so he's had bad taste i mean a long time adam levine well well like i said we'll get to him in a second but um so why i'm talking about this is because it is very interesting how 
we now devour true crime as pop culture. There's almost the line has been completely erased now for what we um, I don't want to say derive entertainment from, but a little bit. I mean that actually, though, because we get into this. There's an enjoyment factor that I think we would be remiss not to admit to ourselves. You know, we're, we feel comfortable when it's on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or a reality show because there is this, um, you know, there's a there's a wall up still between that and this. But when you get into true crime and stuff, the wall kind of disappears a little bit because we're we're hearing a real real life story. You know, we can still argue that on reality, things are kind of just, uh, you know, produced in a way. And when you're going back and piecing together a story of something that happened, and especially in that serial podcast, it really is fascinating. Your mind just kind of goes ablaze with the possibilities. I just remember that. And I don't know. I don't know where I stand on um, true crime or any of this as entertainment, but it is fascinating that it's something that I... I really not enjoy talking about, but I find it fascinating. I mean, I really, it really is something there's, it's really, really interesting to me. I don't know, but it's also interesting how we react to these things. So, uh, at site as uh, at home right now, uh, probably eating his guts out. I mean, just pro, I mean, who knows? I mean, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you, I mean, do you think he's going to watch dancing with the stars with Teresa Giudici tonight? On Disney Plus, do you think they even have Disney Plus? You got to explain streaming to Adnan. He's he's not been around for Netflix. He's gonna literally have his mind blown tonight. You show? Are you gonna show him? The, what if Adnan tomorrow is like, uh, okay, the uh, first night great, had a very special night with my family. Secondly, watch some TV. Erica Jane, you need to give back those earrings. You got to give back the earrings. Okay, it's not right. You know, we get it. They were yours, but they never really were yours because, you know, you know, like, you know, and he winks at the camera. Um, I just I, I I'm very interested to hear how he's going to spend this next 30 days and if the prosecutor prosecutors will refile. I, I'm really curious what happens, because with the West Memphis three, they had to take an Alford plea and the Alford plea. Uh, they did this in the staircase as well. That case, which we just saw reenacted or, you know, the fictional version of on HBO this past year, the Alfred plea says that I, that you, uh, you accept guilt, but that you have done your time and you promise not to sue the state. I mean, that's what the West Memphis three took that deal because they were like, it's this, or we might die in here. So they took the Alfred plea, which says, okay, yeah, we are guilty of this, but we will get released right now. And now the guy in the staircase, he was like, I won't accept an Alfred plea, damn it. I won't do that, you know. But that is what this is. So I'm curious because the state would then be, I would assume, liable for 22 years of a man's life. I don't know. These are all just questions that I'm sure we will find out so many answers to in the upcoming days. But really, really interesting. Uh, I I just I'm blown away by this, truly. And a lot of you guys probably feel the same way because it just I just remember this story just being so gripping. The HBO documentary was gripping as well. Robbie is undisclosed. The first season was amazing. And then you also had uh, um, uh, what was the other the HBO documentary? I mean, so many things. But that that podcast, it was just one of those 
It was one of the, also just the first times that we realized the power of podcasting. And now we've come down to the gutter of so bad. It's good, baby. It set the, it set the tone. Um, okay. Let's move on to somebody that we can make fun of because that is just too serious. I've got a payphone. That's my Adam Levine, you guys. How dumb can Adam Levine be? Now, if you look at the tattoos on his body, I know what you're saying. Very dumb, right? Or if you're like, oh, how can the guy that wrote Moves Like Jagger be an idiot? I don't know, right? Amazing lyrics. I've got them moves like Jagger. Got them moves like Jagger. That man can't be an idiot. Well, guess what, folks? It looks like he is potentially an idiot, unless this is an elaborate hoax, which, my God, if it is, hats off. So this is the headline. A Model 23 claims she had a year-long affair with married Maroon 5 frontman's Adam Levine, 43, and he asked if he could name his unborn third... I'm sorry to laugh. Unborn third child with supermodel Bahati Prinsloo after her. His wife is a Victoria's Secret model. Her name is Bahati. It literally has hottie in her first name. This motherfucker. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a little story about Adam Levine. I remember seeing him, I think in 2005, I was working at Burke Williams, which is a massage place, uh, a fancier massage place in California. And he opened up. I saw John Mayer and Counting Crows together at the Staples Center, which is now the Crypto.com arena. How times have changed. Uh, but anyways, Maroon 5 opened up for them, and this was around the, their, their hit album. What was it? Songs About Jane? or This love has taken its toll. Anyways, back then, he had a very Matthew McConaughey hairline. And if you know what I mean by that, it's that there was a period of time where Matthew McConaughey was desperately losing his hair. We were watching movies where we were literally just just paying attention. I would pay attention just watching his hair fight to stay on his head. You were just like, I'm just too distracted. It's like it's like Jude Law, how we, we've watched that strip, the Jude Law strip of hair right down the middle. Like we've 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 watched Jude Law now for decades fight to keep that. And he is winning the battle, folks. But Matthew McConaughey, all of a sudden, we watched him fight for years, and then all of a sudden he had a huge, glorious, full head of hair. All of a sudden, you know, out of, and what we didn't question it really. Now I remember Adam Levine coming into Burke Williams the day after, like the the week after he had done that concert at Staples Center, and I liked him. I liked uh, that album, and that's actually still my favorite Maroon Five album. I think a lot of it, the rest of it's junk, but that's just my opinion. Everybody can like what they want. He came in, and this man, this poor man at the time. Because this was before they got really famous. He was suffering from Matthew McConaughey hair. He had like just patches. Like it was like patches. And I was like, oh, well, you know, the Lord gave him a voice and I guess just didn't, you know, give him hair. <laughs> and then wouldn't you know, he got Matthew McConaughey. The band got bigger and he immediately, I mean, it has to be hair transplant. It has to be. Nobody just all of a sudden, like nobody is like, well, you got famous. You know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to start growing hair. Like, could you imagine if all of a sudden Larry David's head just started growing hair? And he's like, this is amazing. I can't believe it. Um, but no, he, 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 it definitely has to be plugs. Allegedly, I think let, let's say that. So that's the story. You guys, this Instagram model, her name is Sumner Stroh. Now Sumner S U M N E R. Um, 
Sumner, I mean, it is a good name. I will say to Adam, to Adam's credit, Sumner, but Sumner also is a is a boy's name in a lot of cases. Sumner Redstone, who I believe has passed away at this point. If not, he's like got to be a hundred something. He was the president of Paramount and just a real big wig, uh, heavy hitter in Hollywood for a while. His name was Sumner Redstone, but um, she posted a TikTok video posted on Monday, which I'm going to play for you, but she shared screenshots of Instagram DMs from Levine saying, it is unreal how fucking hot you are. Like, it blows my mind. By the way, that is so classic Adam Levine. I figured, like, I'm like, wait, is that is that an actual Maroon 5 song? Because I'd be like, it is unreal how fucking hot you are. Like, it blows my mind. Um, She goes on to say in this video, essentially, I was having an affair with a man who was married to a Victoria's Secret supermodel, she said, referring to his wife of eight years. Sumner admitted she was young and naive at the time of the illicit relationship and was easily manipulated. Who knows what the time frame here is yet? The two lost contact for a period of months until this year when Levine messaged Stroh again to tell her his wife is expecting their third child. Now, this is where Adam Levine makes a huge mistake. Like, you don't cheat. This is just my opinion, but I love that we're talking about Southern Charm today because the men, I would love to get Shep and Craig and Austin's opinion on this story about Adam Levine. Because you know, Chef, like, he's trying to live, man. He's just trying to live his life, you know? I mean, he's just, he's an adventurer. He's an explorer, you know? Um, So they lost touch, and then he DMs her to add, to say, hey, I think we're, can. do you mind if I, I we use your name for our third child? What the hell? Dude, you cheated on your wife. I don't know what the deal is, but obviously you were amicably, amic, you amicably, 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 damn, I, I think I'm having a stroke. Anyways, they obviously ended the affair. I don't know if it was amicable or not. And then time passes. This Adam Levine guy. DMs her and says, hey, by the way, could we use your name for our third child? You don't do that. You don't do that. Now, a lot of this 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 model who actually has an OnlyFans as well, but is, I think, a professional model on top of that. I don't know. Or an Instagram model. I don't know really what the difference is. I think the Instagram models do OnlyFans, maybe. Maybe that's the... I'm sure somebody will explain that to me in a nasty letter tomorrow. But... um. She's very pretty, this girl, and so is his wife. And I that's the 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 ballsiness on this guy. The is just like, wow, didn't have a lot of hair when I saw him, but must have had huge balls. Um, and she posted these texts, and now she got a lot of heat for this in a way, too, because you know, of course, she's a woman, right? So, like, well, you're she's just hurting his family. She shouldn't have posted these. And I guess the reason she did post these is because one of her friends that she had sent the screenshot to tried to sell it to TMZ. And that's why it's actually not on TMZ right now. It'll probably be by tomorrow, but I think there was some negotiation thing happening and she found out, I think TMZ potentially reached out to her and said, hey, we're going with this story. And she figured out that her friend had sold this. So to get ahead of this, she had made a TikTok video, as the kids do, and told her side of the story before all this got out to kind of undermine 
whatever friend did this. Now, if you're thinking, oh, that's bullshit, you know, she's probably making that up. No, actually, that seems pretty credible because think about it. Think about how often we screenshot stupid shit people send us or say to us or on dating apps. I mean, I see it all the time online. I see it all the time where you girls like this guy, this guy just asked me for sex. Like, and I'm like, and we just met. Like you, I see so many of those all the time. So of course she's going to screenshot these conversations and of course she's going to send them to her friends, but how it's just how messed up is Hollywood that there is a market for this shit one. And I'm gladly that, gladly the market that's eating it up but two i mean that's a that is a betrayal and now she wants to get ahead of this because listen if it was going to come out you you would think that she would want to be able to control her narrative and not have her friend be the one to get money from it a i mean like god that's that's so hollywood of like well i know it's i know our friendship's over because but it's worth this money to tmz Mandate off because I've retaken this like 10 times now. Essentially, I was having an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria's Secret model. At the time, you know, I was young, I was naive, and I mean, quite frankly, I feel exploited. I wasn't in the scene like I am now, um, so I was definitely very easily manipulated. Rune 5 is practically elevator music at this point, so I'm sure you know who Adam Levine is. Um, but Adam and I were seeing each other for about a year. After I stopped talking to him over, you know, a period of months, this is uh, how he came back into my life. He said, okay, serious question. I'm having another baby, and if it's a boy, I really uh, want to name it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm in hell. Like, I have to be in hell at this point. I mean, my morals were unknowingly compromised. I was completely manipulated. I'm going to handle this privately. I never wanted to come forward because obviously I know the implications that come with doing what I do, making money the way I do, and being an Instagram model. Um, so being tied to a story like this, it's like, I know the stereotypes. I had sent um, I had sent some screenshots recklessly to a few friends I thought I trusted, and one of them had attempted to sell to a tabloid. Um so here I am. Teaching this generation. Wow. Finally, TikTok did something good for me. I, I, but isn't that wild, you guys? So that's the story straight from her mouth. Uh, Adam Levine has not uh, commented yet. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is very, I'm, I'm really happy, like I said, that we're talking about this on Southern Charm Recap today. But here's the deal. And you girls and, 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 and you gay dudes out there listening Go with me on this. I know it's going to be painful and it's going to cause you some turmoil and you're going to have to accept something that you don't want to accept. You need to stop dating hot dudes. Okay. Now you can say Adam Levine is geeky now. And, oh, look at, you know, I can make fun of, uh, of his tattoos and all that shit. But at the end of the day, people kind of consider this dude hot. Stop with the hot dudes. If you ladies or you dudes that are into dudes, see a hot dude? No. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Why? Why? Is it you'll have a couple of years of happiness and then you're always gonna know this dude is cheating. This dude is in the DMs, having year-long relationships 
where he's DMing this girl like, you're so fucking... By the way, one of this guy's DMs, this is how cocky he is. He goes, you're a thousand times fucking hotter in person. And then he goes, and so am I. Like, he reminds me of the physical representation of the Christian Bale scene from American Psycho, where he's, like, having sex with the two women, and he's just looking at himself in the mirror. That's Adam Levine, dude. That is Adam Levine. Checking it, like... Amazing. And this is why, I, you know, this is why, listen, I'm not horrible looking. I'm not great. Looking. I'm just right there. And I will, I thank the dear Lord every day that I am not insanely hot because I would probably be doing the same shit as this. I would, I mean, listen, it seems like us guys can't get it together. These fuckers like this. And this guy thinks he's better than this guy, Craig and Shep. I'm, I'm pointing at their books for the people that are listening to this as a podcast. You know, these guys, they're, they're picking up Adam Levine's scraps. They're cheating right and left too. Nobody is not cheating and we have to accept that. So I'm here to speak on behalf of us, the mid range looking guys and just the flat out ugly guys. Why don't you try us? What is, what's going to hurt, right? You could lose your vision any day and then you'd be like, oh, well, now I've lost my vision. It wouldn't matter if I was with him anyways. Why not we act like you're blind now? Why not we, like, you'll, you will be so appreciated, I'm sure. I'm sure if you give a mid-range, I mean, you can call the shots. You won't have to worry about situations like this potentially. Who knows? It's just my two cents, but I think this is hysterical. I used to work at this acting studio on La Brea and Hollywood Boulevard, and we would park across the street. I remember I posted this picture on Instagram. And there, was, there was this, there was this, there was this huge black truck that I would always park next to. And the uh, the personalized license plate, I shit you not, says Maroon 5. And it was like, my thought was like, this has to be Adam Levine's car because only Adam Levine would be cocky enough to get a car that says Maroon 5 on it. I was like, somebody already must have the personalized license plate, Adam Levine. So he's like, you know what? Let me do Maroon 5. But it was like this way too big of a truck. You know, like the big, the big truck where you're like, oh, that guy has a small dick, that kind of thing. Huge truck, always took up two spaces. And I'm like... Maroon 5, this truck is even representing their music even worse than their music is representing their music because it's taken up two spots. And I would always take pictures of it. And then today I finally, I finally found the reason why the Lord had me take those pictures. I got to use it in an Instagram post today. So wow, what a day. I'm sure we will get plenty more information. And then there's another girl that came forward and said she cheated with him too, but she didn't want to post all the evidence because she has a good boyfriend now. I don't know. Let's just assume that Adam is is has done some cheating in his day. I feel like we could safely assume that this isn't his first rodeo in terms of... I hope this... By the way, I hope this doesn't affect the band. Oh, my God. Hope this doesn't cause the band to break up. Do you guys remember them? Like, they begged to be at the Super Bowl, and Adam Levine, like, stripped down to his, like, nothing, and then the next day, all the papers, like, roasted him. It was the biggest mistake ever when Adam Levine left The Voice, that reality-based competition, because that was like that kept him, that kept him current. You know, it kept him like out there. When that disappeared, you know, for all intents and purposes, Maroon Five kind of disappears. 
Uh, he has a really nice voice, actually. Remember, remember on Kanye West's late wet registration, he has that one song where he sang the background. It was before uh, Adam Levine was, ch- is it Chugi? Is it Chungi? Chugi? Whatever the nerdy word is, where uh, I'm Chugi, where, you know, you're not cool anymore. But back then, people were using him on cool albums. I think he was also on Common's album back in the day. But like he was getting passed around because he had this really unique tone to his singing voice to give him credit. But this is just so dumb. And listen, I can't. I was really trying to think about this. Today. I was really trying to think about cheating. I was really trying to think about the times that I've been tempted in my own life when I was, when I've had girlfriend in the past, when I've been married, when I've been, te- you know, like what that temptation is and where that comes from. Is it insecurity? Is it just pure carnal? Like we just want more naked bodies. I was really trying to think of this and there's not a lot of, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Southern charm to tie it in again is that it's a really interesting show it's not a necessarily smart peek behind the veil, but it does lift up the veil a little bit where I know a lot of guys like this, where it's like, you know, here's the deal. Like Craig has a talking head in this episode where he's like, here's the deal. I got, uh, I got, I love Sexton. I do. It's never, you, you can never do it unsolicited though. They got to want it, but I love sending a dick pic and, uh, you know, if you're a girl, go ahead and send them. You know, you're, they're probably going to be well-received. I'm like, thank thank you, Craig. You're clearly the Michael Jordan of sexting. Like, I would love to. Like, this is what I would love the government to do. They seem like they seize a lot of phones. Seize Paige DeSorbo's phone. Let's see. I I mean, could you imagine the amount of Craig dick pics on there? I mean, and I, I that actually works two ways. It could be his actual dick or his face. And... Um, a cheap joke you guys i like craig actually not i mean but i like craig and he did what i what he does best is that he drank in tonight's in, in this episode that we're going to talk about and he he was pounding hard he was pounding reunion hard so we'll get into that but i just love there's this ego it's like a housewife's ego that men have and it's really interesting we have ego with other men But then we have ego in terms of how we deal with women. You know, we let a softer side of Sears out in some ways with women or, you know, significant others. But then we'll go to our friends and be like, chicks, man, crazy, right? Cuckoo, you know. But at the same time, these same people are like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. It is really interesting. I think about this. I don't know. This is this is a very interesting topic. And I guess it's a case-by-case basis, but I guess you can assume if you've ever been told you're hot in your life or if you are rich and a Hollywood person, you're probably going to cheat. Okay, that's it. That's so bad it's good. That's a recommendation from me to you guys. Tell your friends. In fact, we should make a shirt. Stop sleeping with Adam Levine. We've got the Stop Sleeping with Tristan Thompson, the Stop Sleeping with Nick Cannon, which, by the way, I feel like the the Tristan Thompson shirt, which you can get on SoBadIt'sGoodMerch.com, it really, it really did, I think it made a difference. We are now, it's like um, at a store or, you know, like a, like a, like a workplace where it'll be like, it's been 87 days since a workplace accident. I feel like it's been close to a year since we've had a Tristan Thompson accident in terms of him not wearing a condom and getting some random girl pregnant. So that's, I think, 
I don't want to be cocky here, but I'm going to do it. Uh, it's probably directly involved with the T-shirt, the Stop Sleeping with Tristan Thompson shirt. And you can still own it, folks. It is not going out of business. That shirt is there for you always. Now, Nick Cannon, I do have to say, I feel like we didn't put the shirt out in time because this man is on a tear like you wouldn't believe. He eventually is going to remake the movie Drumline just with his kids. It's in a couple decades, but it's going, I mean, you know he's going to do it because he's not going to stop. You know he's not going to stop. Okay, on to further news. We got two more stories before Southern Charm. We're having a good time. Also, if you like this show, leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um... It would mean the world to me. It really does help me. You never know. Who knows where I go tomorrow, but I want to go with all these good reviews and have a core base audience of people that like me. Speaking of that, Patreon, Selling the OC, we've been recapping that, and it's been hysterical. I did a shoot in the shit with Meditza last night, which was an hour and a half. Also did a live Patreon, so go sign up for the Patreon. I would really appreciate that. It really helps me, and it allows me to pay Sandra and Meditza on top of that, which is very exciting. Also, BravoCon, huh, huh, huh? We're going to talk about that more soon. Also, remember, if you live in Los Angeles and you know of a place with a one-bedroom, one-bathroom, I am looking for a place, and I need to, I need to be out by the beginning of November. So please give me all your leads. Do you want me to live in your vicinity? Give me tips. I, I'm, I've never lived by myself. I'm very excited, very scared. Also, I could be just out on the streets. I could, you could hear me podcasting at night. Just like I'm on Melrose right now talking about Southern charm. I'm walking down to Highland and, um, that chap, he's just crazy. And you just hear cars whirring by. Okay, so today the other big news was, of course, and spoiler alert if you haven't been around for the last 11 days, the Queen has passed away. And this was the final day of a public memorial for the Queen, and this was the actual burial at, uh, I believe, Westminster. You saw everybody in their fancy uniforms. They let Harry be in his military uniform. You got that creep Prince Andrew who had Epstein connections. He was there. Um, you know, uh, people, though, had waited to see the Queen in state. The, the, the Daily Mail interviewed the last lady that got to see the Queen in state. And the line just went for miles to see this lady. Um Obviously, royalty is a very controversial topic. Lex Nico, our friend, was on here yesterday to explain it a little more to me. And it just is wild the more I learn about these guys, because I've really turned a complete blind eye to the royals my entire life. It's kind of like married to medicine, like where you're like, people are like, you got to get into the royals. And people are the same with married. You got to get into married to medicine. Are you crazy? You're not watching married to medicine. Same thing with the royals. That might be a horrible comparison. Um but the queen has passed away. This is the uh, final day. And so we say goodbye to a queen and we have King Prince Charles. Well, not Prince. No, he probably has to. He, yeah, he's probably just going to go with the king and get rid of the prince. Uh, that w- That's what I would do. Uh, so he is the king now. I guess they have to reprint all their money. There's all these rules. I mean, I personally think, and this is just because I'm new to the royals, just do away with all of it. And I was reading overseas that the... England energy bills have increased by 80% in these and and it'll starting kind of now. So like somebody's energy bill and they weren't around a lot were like 80 pounds and then it went up to 800 pounds this month. So I'm like, dude, just get rid of the royals, take all the money we give them, give it to the people in England and let's just cuz they're not parliament. 
They don't do the government. They're figureheads, you know? Maybe it's time. Maybe we end it with the queen. Maybe it's like, we can never make another like her. Let's end it here. It's like, you know, when Six Feet Under ended. I wanted it to keep going. But it's like, there never will be another Six Feet Under on it. That last scene in Six Feet Under, it's like, don't ever... Don't ever mess with that. Let's just stop there. You can't get a better ending than Six Feet Under, that HBO show. Um, Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah. Also, CBS got in trouble because they cut the Queen's funeral and they cut to prices, right? (laughs) So imagine... You're there, you know, to pay tribute to this woman. You're an American audience, and you're like, I've woken. My mom woke up. I mean, she was already up, but she was like, I'm watching the Queen's funeral. But imagine that, and then, like, going to Drew Carey of, like, spin that wheel. All right. Okay. What are you going to play for today? That is just, that's not how you want to go out. And finally, you guys, this is truly amazing because I think it shows that I am, we've always known this. But I think it's another confirmation, which is just nice, and to have it such a big name, is that I'm right about everything. And my opinion is truly one that everybody should have. Now, Jennifer Lawrence, the film actor, uh, last week said that Erica Jane, villain, needs a publicist now. Um, But get this. Now, you guys know I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. And if you don't, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan. So John Hamm, you guys, was on the Stern show today. And it turns out Howard and John have a mutual love of, guess what? Real housewives. And particularly for Beverly Hills. Now, Howard, I knew about this forever. I didn't know this about John Hamm. So this was very exciting. Two straight dudes like me loving Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And by the way, isn't this weird? I think yesterday I brought up the John Hamm, um, the sweatpants photos with with his big dong, or maybe I did that on the Patreon. It's all blends together. Anyways, I just talked about it recently, and he even talked about that in this Howard Stern interview. So let me play this clip, because I just think it just warmed my cold, cold heart. I loved it so much. (laughs) And this is a really, it's a great interview, actually. Are you like me that you only watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or are you into these other franchises? I only watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, I watch that one because that one's on now. But the one that got me started, the first hit of the pipe, New York, New Jersey. New Jersey? Oh, the New Jersey one. Started in Jersey, then we went across the river to New York. Uh, and then we got on a plane and flew across the country and landed in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I can't get into the Salt Lake and the Dubai and the Atlanta. And the, I can't. I can't get into the kind of ancillary markets. John, but everyone wants to know: Should Erica Jane give back the earrings? Yes, were, they should. She should. <laughs> Absolutely. She should. It's, it's the circular argument that there she doesn't. <laughs> it's not responsible. <laughs> you just want to shake her and go, honey. They were never yours. Give right. them back. And then I can't quite get, are they are they $750,000 earrings? Or is it $750,000 per earring? A piece. I don't know. Give them back. Are you like me? That wow, yes. Amazing. If I had sound effects, I'd do a clapping sound effect right here. I'll just clap myself. That's Mr. John Hamm. And let me tell you, I was a fan of his work on Mad Men. But that right there might be... And I'm not exaggerating the best work he's ever done. 
at the best. But isn't that what I've been saying all along? They were never really hers to begin with. When you get into the situation that she got herself into, none of that is real. None of that. <clears throat> but it's good. It's good to have people that back you up. I love this. I, I feel like... <coughs> I Sorry. I feel like I want to do like a celebrity roast, but it's actually just celebrities that are uh, agreeing with me about Erica Jane. You know, like we'll have a host. It could be like Ryan Seacrest or something. I don't know. Somebody. And it's just different celebrities coming up and agreeing with me about Erica Jane. I'm like, yeah, she's definitely just really not on the moral high ground there. So sorry, you Erica stands out there. You guys, I did a, a news story yesterday where, remember, she was drunk at that gay bar Mickey's in West Hollywood. And she's like, yeah, my new album comes out. Yeah. Mm, chills. Chills. Okay, folks, we're going to take a commercial break, and then we will be back with, finally, a Southern Charm recap. These men, what are we, what are we going to do with them, ladies? Uh, what are we going to do with them? Not, th- I mean, throw them away? I don't know. We'll find out after the break. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, now is the part of the show that I love the most. We get to talk about our sponsors. Once again, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Splendid Spoon. Now, uh, we are coming to what I am told is the end of the summer. So uh, we're, we're getting back into busy season again. I feel like it's been busy season all summer, but for a lot of people, busy season starts now. And that means you're going to have less time for grocery shopping. You're going to have less time to prema- prepare meals, just less time in general. But don't worry, this is not this is not a big bummer because our friends at Splendid Spoon are there to help. Splendid Spoon is totally awesome. Uh, let me just give you an example. They sent me a box last week. I got another box from them. You get to pick out from like 60 choices 
on their website and you get to pick out like grain bowls, smoothies, juices, all like amazing, all fresh ingredients, all healthy, but all tasty. And for me, you guys listen to this. It, it like, okay, my Thursday Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap, I had gone through the day and I started that recap and it was like three and a half hours or three hours for the actual recap. And midway through, I was like, oh my God, I didn't eat. And it was not a problem because I didn't want to slow down working, but all I had to do was walk out of my room, into the kitchen, into the fridge, grab one of the, uh, this amazing noodle bowl that I got from them, put it in the microwave. And in less than five minutes, I had a great meal. And I was able to have the energy to finish talking about these housewives. And it was awesome. You don't wake up. I mean, I don't know. There's something about Splendid Spoon Food, too, that I love because I don't wake up feeling horrible after I eat it at night. I feel good. Um, I imagine that's because of like the fresh ingredients and stuff. But also, it just it saves time. It's easy. And it comes right to your door in this prepackaged thing that's like all iced. So when you get the food, even if it's been laying on your front step all day, you bring it in. It's still cold. You put it directly into the refrigerator and you are ready to go. Um, like I said, you can choose from over 50 ready-to-eat meals shipped right to your door on repeat from breakfast smoothies and lunch bowls to noodle dinners and light soups for reset days. And like I said earlier, you can easily customize this to fit what you're looking for in your meal plan. It's 100% plant-based which is huge, gluten and GMO-free, with plenty of vegetables, legumes, healthy fats, whole grains, and spices from around the world. Plus, eating plant-based food can have benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. I got to tell you, I, I'm not going to give it full credit, but I think it's helped me grow this magnificent mustache that I have going right now. I really think I really think the mustache is growing on me, you guys. Um, and with Splendid Spoon, it is so easy to add more plant-based meals into your busy routine. So I'm telling you guys, give this a shot. At least try it for a week and see if you dig it, because I totally do dig it. And they also even have like these energy shots you can order. It is so cool. Um, so this is the call to action, you guys. Fuel up for busy days with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and get $120 off your first three boxes at SplendidSpoon.com forward slash so bad. That's $120 off at SplendidSpoon.com slash so bad. That'll be in the show notes as well. And remember, go check this out. See if it's something you like. It really does help the show when you do these things. But on top of it, this stuff actually is really good. It is a product that I am using and I do highly recommend it. Bapa do bapa dee dee dee, folks. Are you ready to come with me on an adventure of men who do not learn at all? Well, look no further than this week's episode of Southern Charm, where we get to see Craig get so drunk that I assume he pisses himself at some point. Now, uh, if you see here on YouTube behind me, I've got Craig's Pillow Talk book and Shep's book, Average Expectations. Craig's is called Pillow Talk. Now, I was like, these guys are so competitive with each other. And then I was like, let's see book size, what we're dealing with here. And Shep's book, 
is only 216 pages, okay? Now, Craig, if I was a betting man, he wrote his after Shep, so you know it's got to be more than 216 pages. He probably looked at Shep's and goes, I got I to gotta go past that. Craig's book is 289 pages. So, Craig, if that was a competition of writing the longest book in Bravo, where's Austin's book, by the way? Where's, where's the trifecta? Where's Whitney's book? Where's Thomas Ravenel's book? I mean, come on. We need, I need to finish my collection of the men of Southern Charm and their books. You guys, I don't know what to tell you. This week's episode, I, I said this to Lex yesterday on the show, but I got to tell you, like, I was saying that it's like a, like a, in the beginning, it was like kind of weird and I liked it. I enjoyed watching it every week, but at the same time, it just, it wasn't fully gelling. Well, guess what folks? We have reached full gel. Like it is fully gelled. I am so excited already for this next week's episode because in the preview, we see a drunk Craig tackle, <laughs> tackle Austin and Craig's one of those people like, you, you know, when you look at him, you know, he's drunk. You know, certain people can hide how wasted they are. Craig's not one of them. And it's always fun when you see somebody indignant and full of ego because those are like, I was always told in acting class, if you get the opportunity to play a drunk person, don't play it. Don't overdo it. Play like somebody trying to desperately pretend they're not drunk. And then that will show you some of the best drunk acting, you know, like behavior wise, uh, you'll ever see. Cause Craig's always trying, still trying to be, what? let's go do some Jaeger shots, Whitney. And he's trying so hard to be like, what are you looking at? I can still make full sentences and you can just tell he's fighting against. <laughs> he's, it's so funny. These men are so funny. And I assume, I mean, I'm a dude, so I'm sure I do this same kind of shit, but my God. So this, you guys, we are, I mean, what, what episode is this? What episode was it? Last? Where am I? Who am I? My God. I, okay. Southern charm. This is episode 13. My God. I was about to say 18. No offense to Southern charm. I want this to keep going, but I feel like we only have a few more episodes left. Um, so we'll see. This episode is entitled, uh, Saint Simon Don't Fight. Oh no, sorry. Saint Simon Says Fight. So I think what this is, it, it's doing it really sloppily, the title, like Simon Says. Like Simon Says, that, that old kid game. But they did Saint Simon Says, and it's like fight because there's fights in this, you know? Listen, these people are tired. The people working behind the scenes, they're on fumes just like I am. So they're just, yeah, fuck it. St. Simon says fight. Let's go with that. So we always start with the previously on Southern Charm. And Naomi, really, I've, I just said for the last couple of episodes, she's really hit a stride where I think she is doing some great voiceover work. Um, and we start with the uh, scene that we've now seen a billion times, and we see a billion times more this episode. Naomi going talking to Leva and Leva's like, he called you a psycho ex-girlfriend. And then Naomi goes, as Craig continued to bash me, Whitney continued to lift me up. My God, think about the desperation you have to, to literally say a line like Whitney has lifted me up. Like, my God, this is, this, uh, yeah. And, and uh, we have Naomi saying to, uh, Whitney, he said really mean stuff about me. And when he was like, well, fuck him. That's, that's what's not to like, you know? And I will say this. It's like, 
Whitney can grow mustaches like me, you know, these beautiful mustaches, glasses. He looks so much better than he did years ago, but he's still just so damn awkward in every scene. If you really focus, just even, and, and the only reason I say this, you guys, and what why I can say this is because I have the same issue. Like, I don't know how to move my body correctly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Whitney, when he stands up, he stands up awkwardly and he's, you know, like, it, 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 I feel a very kindred spirit to Whitney, but I'm not, you know, like he's, I think the difference between me and Whitney, first off money that I have none, but secondly, it's, it's that he's, he's trying to be cool. And I don't really try. I've, I've given up on, obviously I've given up on trying to be cool, but he's still, he's deep trying all the time. So, um, and then we have the music. He's got promise. Yeah, he's got the shine. How do they keep adding new lyrics to this amazing song? I mean, that Mia Sable sings. Like, there's always new lyrics that fit these previews completely. And then Naomi's like, and when Leva hosts a girls' night, and we go to the girls' night from last week, and saying like, oh, you guys are far closer than you think. And Taylor's saying, cheers to never being hooked up with Whitney in regards to Naomi and Catherine both having slept with Whitney in the past. My God, that's a tough sentence for me to say. Um, and then Naomi goes, Taylor found a relationship back in the spotlight. And Leva tells Taylor, the energy you spend on Shep is energy you're losing on yourself. And there's comes a time when enough is enough. Babadoo. And then they literally put in a Babadoo. And, um, so then, meanwhile, over at Patricia's, they had the annual guys' dinner start off. And it was Trey Bien until Craig made it Trey. I don't even know what she said. It was a French word, I'm assuming bad. And then we cut to that night at Patricia's where everybody's like, oh my God, Craig, that chair is about to collapse on you. And then it's like, Craig, Craig, you spilled wine. And then Chef's like, Craig, your zipper is all the way down. Just a regular bozo. They literally put this on just a regular. And I was like, nice. This is really, whoever is doing these, like they last way too long. They're like six minutes, these scenes before. But the addition of the music, the song, it always impresses. I'm like, wow, they have the technology to do that. Um, and then Naomi goes, and after the guys learned Shep might still be swiping right. And Craig's like, Shep's Raya profile still active. These gossip websites got it. Taylor reads them, which is like, whoa, Taylor reads? And Austin's like, oh my God, bapa dee dee dee. And then Naomi goes, everything went to shit. Pardon my French. It's a, a French joke. And then Craig says, dude, you got to hide your profile. Delete your profile. And Shep's like, my conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. And then we get upbeat music. Boop, 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 boop. We're in the new episode. We see horses. We see a bridge. Like, I didn't mean we just saw random horses, like a horse buggy carrying people. And then we saw the bridge. And then we have that normal thing where we do that kind of round robin of seeing all the castmates. We see Austin, he's opening a bottle of spackle and he's like, stir before use. And then he starts spackling. Then we cut to Olivia with her dog, uh, literally on the dock of a, the bay. Okay. And then we cut to Craig and he's checking out uh, his new stove and he holds up these two pieces and he's like, what even are these? 
I mean, we are going to read that Craig's house burned down one day. I'm just telling you that right now. Then we cut to Taylor, and she is putting a pillowcase on the pillow, and she's like, Craig, what the hell? This is a Craig pillow. We did not delicately wash this pillow. And, you know, she's Shep's in the room, and you can just tell Shep, like, yeah, fucking piece of shit pillow. Fuck that. Then we cut back to Craig, and he FaceTimes his mom. No, he, he FaceTimes um, Paige uh, from Summer House, and he's like, what's up, baby? You look cute. Like I like your headband. And she goes, my forehead looks huge. And he goes, it's just a forehead. Her forehead does look huge in this shot. Not all the time. I have a huge forehead. I used to make the joke that you could show IMAX movies on my forehead. But uh, she's like, what's going on? He's like, just looking at the kitchen, bunch of cabinets. I think we're, I think we're really going to like it. He actually does owe you, I think we're really going to like it, which is like, all right, man. And he's like, there's a cabinet that goes there. And this is where the stove goes. And it's inaudible. Like she, the audio is getting messed up because I don't know, reception, who knows? And he's like, actually, I'm going to take you upstairs. And Paige goes, I love you taking me upstairs. And then he walks up into this other room and he switches over to his Mac, big Mac computer. I will say Craig, literally has the best podcast setup. I've seen him do other podcasts and this is like the office that he uses. He's got the hanging mic. He's got the huge Mac. He, I like that. He, I like that. He was like, I need to invest in podcast. I, 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 there's something funny about that to me. I don't know what it is, but he does have a great setup. He has a better setup than any of the other, uh, Bravo liberties. Um, cause I, I like, he does take it serious. So then he's like, hey, I ended up spilling wine. I broke Miss Patricia's chair. I had my zipper undone. And Paige is like, Craig! And he's like, then someone screenshotted Shep's Raya profile. And Paige's eyes, like, zoinks, turn huge. And, and she's like, his Raya profile is still active. And Craig's like, he played it off, you know, like saying, I don't know how to use technology. And then Paige is like, he's smart enough to download it and get onto it. And then Craig says, I I mean, what would you do if you found out that like I made my Raya active right now? And then Paige is like, I'd fly down and I would burn down your new construction. Any girl would be absolutely livid. And he's like, please don't burn down my house. And then he goes, well... Taylor doesn't hold Shep accountable for anything. He just forgives him, I guess. We cut over to Shep's house, and Shep is laying. He's like, I've been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot. He says a lot four times. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about things, you know, and and things you're not happy with about. And by the way, you know, the online Raya thing, like, and I'm like, oh, he's bringing it up so casually. I mean, they've obviously talked about it before, but I love that he's just like, by the way, that thing about me trying to sleep with other women isn't that funny and taylor just goes you're a loser for being 40 years old and being on a dating app how dare you taylor how dare you i was rooting for you we were all rooting for you until that comment i think it's cool when 40 year olds are on dating apps damn it and chef goes okay fair point fair point <laughs> you know fair point um and then in a talking head taylor's like when i saw it i was confused why he had it and then we're back in the scene he's like hey i'm off that thing i'm not on it you know that and she goes oh i know how would you know you don't know taylor that's the whole point in a talking head chef goes i feel like taylor and i are the focal point for everything and i feel like i'm 
under a microscope. You know, it's like, please get off my back. Then we cut to Craig talking to uh, Paige, and he's like, then Chap invites us to this place in Georgia, and it's just so bizarre. Then we cut back to Taylor, and... Um, Oh, no, sorry. We cut back to Miss Patricia's from last week, and Shep's telling the guys after he got busted on Rye, he's like, you know what? I want to take Taylor on a vacation, huh? You know, like, a vac- we'll, t- we'll all go on a vacation together. And Craig's like, to Paige, he's like, so this trip is Shep trying to control everything. And Paige says, that's so sad. The only thing you can do is have a lot of empathy for Taylor, and one day, hopefully, she wakes up and says, I deserve better. And listen, I make fun of Paige a lot, but Paige is right. That's exactly my feelings. And obviously she did, even though, like, I truly believe Shep used that I'm going to be as bad as I can for as long as I can and force her hand because I don't really have it in me to break up with her. But it, 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 it he, you know, he's showing all this. He does not want to be with her. He likes her. He likes her body. He likes, you know, he laughs with her and stuff. But I, I truly think, you know, this one is a lost cause for Taylor. Like, I'm not saying that he can't find somebody down the line. Obviously, he has plenty of options. I put up a Shep's Raya profile last week. Tons of girls were like, I'd still hit it. That's the problem. I told you guys earlier, do not date good-looking people or people on TV or rich people. Like, stay, remember? We made a bargain earlier in the podcast. So Paige says, yeah. And then we cut to Shep. And he's like, all this, you know, all this strife that I've caused you and in turn caused myself, he threw himself in there and it got me thinking, like, I know sometimes you get frustrated with me and Craig or Austin kind of just shoot off here or shoot off there for a few days. By the way, Shep, I think it's mainly probably you, you know, like Craig and Austin, I, you know, he, I like that he throws them in there. I thought, so I think you, I think we should host like a little trip somewhere and have our friends with us. St. Simon, um, Island. Are you down for this? And she's like, I'm down for this. And you can tell she's like, okay, yeah, it's going to be fun. And then little Craig, the dog is crawling over Shep and she goes, little Craig is the glue that holds us together. And Shep goes, he is, he really? No, he, he really is Shep. And then we get upbeat jazzy music. And we get Whitney awkwardly walking into a restaurant with an overcoat, a hoodie and a t-shirt. Just, you know, what an average 57-year-old man wears. He checks his hair. The plugs are working. He's tapping his finger on the table. And the waiter's like, have you had time to look over the menu? And he's like, uh, yeah. I'm going to we'll, I'm gonna start with the Chateau Chavon. He's trying to impress, you know. like I would be like, do you have any Charles Shaw? And Naomi comes up. He's, he awkwardly stands and hugs her. And he goes, don't. So you look beautiful. You're wearing your chaps. I was going to wear my buttless chaps. Strike one, dude. You made a buttless chaps joke. And Naomi's like, why do you call them buttless? They're assless. And uh, he's like, como se va? Which is probably French for I'm an idiot. Who knows? And the waiter comes back. He's like, did you look over the menu? And Naomi's like, you know what? Do you want to start with a meat and cheese? And she orders in French and then ends it with a merci beaucoup, which I think is... Uh, that's our food order. That's what that means. And Whitney says, um, this is good wine. Does it meet your requirements? He's trying to be cool guy. And then she goes, I'm really not that picky with wine. And then he goes, my father was an onophile, which I think is somebody that likes wine. Listen guys. I mean, that's what I'm assuming. And he goes, and she goes, is, is that how you got into wine? He goes, yeah, he would take me into tastings and like, you're supposed to spit, you know, the wine out. But of course me, I would 
glug, I would chug it and he would drive me out of there hammered. And she goes, how old? And he's like, and she was like, he was like, let's just say I was younger. <laughs> um, so, uh, then she goes, Oh, how was the guy's dinner the other night at your mom's? And he goes, a lot of fun. You know, we did try to nail Shep down on some time, some type of commitment last night. And Naomi's like, well, let's talk about the Raya thing. Leva sent me a screenshot and we see the Dumois thing with the Bermuda, the Raya profile. And Naomi's like, it doesn't matter when he started it. Your pick only comes up if he is active on the app. So that's the problem, you guys, is that he's saying it's two years ago, but Shep's pick wouldn't be able to be screenshotted right now if he wasn't active, she's saying. And then Whitney's like, maybe this profile has been up for a while, not understanding what she's saying at all. And Naomi says, Whitney, Whitney, you're full of shit. You know that's an active profile. He was dating her when he went to Bermuda. And he's like, did you know if they were monogamous? And Naomi was like, yes, they were. And she's like, it's insane to me how these men skirt around these type of things. I mean, you're on dating apps trying to cheat on your girlfriend. By the way, she's doing this in a talking head and she's drinking a Coke out of a bottle with a straw. And uh, when he's like, in his defense, I know he's been faithful maybe like this past six or eight months. And she goes, oh, wow, that's great. They've been dating for years. In a talking head, Naomi goes, that's scum of the earth behavior. I'm not on board with this. Listen, I mean, it truly is. I mean, we all, like us guys, like we all, we're just so stupid. We all of us are. We're all stupid idiots. And uh, Naomi goes, I mean, oh no, sorry. Whitney goes, I mean, my view on marriage is one cannot rush richness. <laughs> LOL. Of course, Whitney. Yeah. Okay. And He's like, as you know, my point is you can't force the issue. No one can be pressured. When you do pressure, it freaks them out and they go away. It's not a fucking raccoon. It's a actual human being. Like, what are you? It freaks them out. No, no. Like, what are we dealing with here? It's like literally we treat these men like they're fucking idiots. Get their plotting and scheming and finding new ways to put their dicks in different people. Like, are you kidding me? And Naomi's like, Naomi hears this whole thing and takes it as, so you don't want me to go away? And he goes, that's right. And she goes, okay. And I will say, it's fun to watch because, listen, I this is probably real, but there is literally, and this is impressive, zero chemistry. Like, there, is, you know, like, when you're like, damn. You know, there's couples who are like, man, they, they're really into each other. This is, I it, it almost like Naomi's like, okay, like, well, I got nothing to do this year. Okay, let's do it. I'll let you, I'll let you tongue kiss me, you know? And uh, so they eat, we cut to Austin in a Jeep driving and he calls Taylor. He's like, hey, what, what are you doing? And I'm running a couple errands. And Taylor goes, oh yeah, I might go get stuff to wear for the island. This is one of those awkward conversations where they need to get to point A to point B. So the producers go, okay, Austin, you have to call Taylor and set this scene up. So he goes, oh, I, it's like bad improv. He goes, I haven't, I haven't met up with you since Friendsgiving. Let's catch up. Let's meet up. And Taylor goes, a little shopping trip? And he goes, exactly. The banter is just, it's just firing on all cylinders. And in a talking head, Austin goes, I sort of feel a protectiveness for Taylor. 
You know, the shut up, the whole shut up Taylor is not good when Austin, when Shep does that. And we get the flashback of that. And he goes, I just don't want to see Taylor walked all over. We cut to the bridge. They're obsessed with showing shots of this bridge in between scenes, you guys. And it's always the same shot. So now we're at Shep's house. And he's like, hey, well, what are you doing, little Craig? Come here, come here. Hey, Craggy, little Craig, you want some fried chicken? And you go, yeah. And then he feeds little Craig some fried chicken, and then he takes a bite for himself. And he's like, okay, bud, let's check in on Marcy. And everybody's like, who? And it's like, oh, that's right, Shep's cousin that has been forced onto the cast, and she has been pregnant this whole time, and she shows up in scenes, and we all get confused, and it turns out she has had the baby. We are saved the episode where Marcy goes into labor. You know, her water did not break at, like, a party or anything, so we see the beautiful baby, and her name is Edie, and she's like, oh my gosh, and she goes, I've just been staring at her all day, which has got to be what that feeling's got to be like, right? For all you people that have kids out there, it really's got to be this, even though you've carried it for nine months, it's got to be jaw-dropping, like going, holy shit, the science worked, oh my god, I mean, just... Oh, I just, man. Um, so it's Edie Cummings something is the name. And so she's here and she goes like, I'm so in love. She's so sweet and little and innocent. And Shep's like, what can you say about the experience? And Marcy was like, I was telling John, I want three more. First off, had no clue who John was. And then I remembered that's her husband. And I was like, okay, so they want three more. And Shep goes, okay, all right. His foot is actively shaking. You can always tell when Shep's nervous. He's like shaking. He's like, oh man, don't put more pressure on me. And it was like, no, she just said she wanted three more Shep. Like not everything is pressure on you, which is just so funny. We cut to Half Moon Outfitters for the friend clothing shopping experience. And Taylor is in there by herself. She's like, that's pretty. And it's denim. And then Austin comes in and she goes, how are you? And he goes, hungover. And he goes, this store is dangerous for me. And she's like, yeah. And she holds up a shirt like this. You have this, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, I thought you would, Austin. And then I guess we're looking for pants. It would be a, she's like, oh, I'm looking at these pants. This would be a good gift for Shep, right? And Austin's like, oh, why are you shopping for Shep now? You're here to shop for you. And she's like, no, I'm just thinking for Christmas. And then she's holding these sweats and Taylor's like, these sweats are made for Craig because he doesn't wear underwear. And Austin goes, that makes me so uncomfortable when he does that, just to even say it. And I'm, I'm like, oh my God, this guy, Craig is John Hamming it with these gray sweatpants all the time. He's He wants his hog out there. And then we find out later about the sexting stuff. Craig is a freak. And I'm not judging the freakiness, but I'm saying maybe there's a chapter in this book, Pillow Talk, about like, I like to wear, I like to wear gray sweatpants where it shows the outline of my dong. And uh, it's pretty cool. So I don't like to wear underwear. I like to keep it free. Uh, Keep the swimmers going in there because eventually I've got to procreate. Um, But I'm just like, oh, my God, I learned way too much about Craig. Isn't it funny? You can be watching a show for like eight seasons and then an episode will come out where you learn so many new things that it just blows your mind. Where You're like, whoa, holy shit. Craig doesn't wear underwear. I know it's a little thing, but I I was like, this is huge. This is huge news. Huge. I have to call my mom. And uh, in a talking head, 
Uh, she goes, I want Taylor to wind up with a faithful man who makes her happy, someone who treats her with respect. And I'm not saying that Shep doesn't treat her with respect, but I've definitely seen her when he hasn't. And then they're looking at spelunking shoes and Austin's like, size 12, please. And then like, you can tell he like wants to wink. Like, but by the way, guess who else has a 12 foot shoe? Me, this guy. So I'm not six, I'm six foot. So I'm not as tall as Austin. But I've got the same fucking foot. And you know what they say about dudes with the same size foot. It means that we like to tell people we have huge dongs, but we probably don't. That's, you know, but that's, it's exciting. I was like, oh, I'm a size 12. So uh, they pick out the same shoes and Austin's like, we're twins. He's pulling his Austin charming bullshit. And he goes, so how's Shepard? And Taylor's like, I feel like he's built up a lot of walls over time. And, you know, he's hard on himself. And if I call him out on something, he feels like I'm attacking him. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm trying to help you get better. You know, isn't it funny how these women or women in general, like, make so many excuses for us. Like, she's built up this whole narrative of, like, so many... It's, like, it's tragic. It's, like, he's built up these walls over time, and I'm chipping, chip, chip, chipping away at it. You know, he's such a good man underneath all of these walls, you know? And Austin says, Taylor, how many times, you, you know, how many times have you got... Have you had to say that? And she tries to answer, and he goes, 12. He goes, I, you know, I want this to work for you, Taylor, but this has nothing to do with walls. And Taylor's like, really? And he's like, yeah, no, having walls is like, I'm afraid to date a person because how my last relationship was so bad that I didn't want to pin myself up like that, like terrifies me still. Of course, I still want to fuck people, though, and I'll do that a lot, especially at the summer house. But, like, you know, there was a reason, because hurt people hurt people, you know. And he goes, that's a wall. Shep being a dickhead is not a wall. Listen, I read all the comments. Oh, every oh, Austin, oh, my God, he said everything right. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't even act it himself. So what I'm supposed to like stand up and cheer for this guy? You know how easy it is to say the right thing? I don't ever do it on the podcast, but I know it's easy. I know it's easy. But this guy's like, yeah, it's not a wall. I got a wall, you know? Like, um, And Taylor's like, you have a valid point there. And he goes, Taylor, I know. Um, she goes, for a very long time, I just rolled my eyes and let it go. But, you know, we are getting more serious and it's, and Austin's like, Taylor, it's been two years. And she goes, here we are beginning of working on things. You know, only time will tell if he's really serious and wants to work. I see his heart and what an amazing human he is. And people don't see that. Like, you see what I'm saying? She's so romantic about the whole thing, you know? And Austin's like, oh, I've seen all sides of him. And I see you defend him. But the point is... It's like, what are the sweet things he says to you when you wake up? And he's like, Taylor, you're no longer just like Shep's girlfriend to me. Like, I love you. That's what Austin says. And I was like, well, we might be crossing some boundaries here. And he starts tearing up, you know. And Taylor Taylor starts tearing up. And he's like, Taylor, just the way, like, he talks to you sometimes, it breaks my fucking heart. And, like, I just don't like it. And there's, like, silence. And... He goes, I don't like it, and I've been there, and I'm not saying he's a terrible person because he's not. I love him, and I love you, you know? 
But I mean, goddamn, Taylor, the way that he talks to you sometimes. Oh, man. And the way he reels you back in, you know, I don't want you to justify every single time you make it seem like Shep can get away with murder and there's no consequence. It's just like it breaks my heart. It's like Shep is a lucky, a very lucky man because you are a catch of catches. And that's why I want you to stand up for yourself you know, not that you don't, but you're like a fucking sweetheart, Taylor. I also like this, that like, this is a conversation that Austin could have had with Shep of like, yo, I love, I really like Taylor. Please stop doing this. But it's like, I'm going to make Taylor do it. <laughs> Taylor goes, you know, I definitely let him, you know, I definitely let him ran o- run over me, you know, and he took advantage of my kindness, knowing I'm going to run back home and something's going to have to change. Something's going to have to change here. And if it doesn't, I'm going to have to walk away. And then we get up, upbeat music, and we see a water fountain, and we're at Leva's house. And I'm like, uh-oh, here's our obligatory scene with Leva and her little son. But I guess her little son probably had some kind of outing because we don't have that. We have Leva with her little dog, and she's trying to feed the dog food. And it's like, oh, my God, does nobody film? Like, the Leva just refused to film with people? It's like the, now we've got a little dog. Like, next week is going to be like a puppet. Like, there's an animatronic thing. Uh, the phone rings, and it's a FaceTime with Naomi. And Naomi's like, are you in a robe? And she's like, I'm in PJs. And Naomi's like, what, what, are, you, what are you bringing on this trip? And she goes... I decided I will not be in attendance. I don't think I have the bandwidth for the boys and their bullshit. And the talking head Leva goes, the boys are popping off at every dinner. And then the next day the boys are fine. And it's like, you just wasted six hours of my, 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 my time. And you're fine the next day. It's disrespectful. And she goes to uh, Naomi. She's like, I would just like to have fun with my kid, have extra time to do what my therapist says, maybe a date night, a date day. And Naomi says, I totally understand it. Just do it. Great, Naomi, I'm glad you understand it. Me, personally, I don't. It's like what I said last week about this. It just feels like, why are we keeping Leva around? We already know she has the spinoff. I mean, that's obviously why we're keeping her around, right? Like, we're keeping her in the mix. So the spinoff. But it's like, yo, I know it sucks. We, we watch the show. We're with you. You're completely right. The boys are insane, and then the next day they're fine. You are right on all counts. But this is a job. You got to show up. I'm tired of seeing scenes with your cute little son, even though he is very cute. And your dog, very cute dog as well. I don't, I don't need it anymore though, okay? I want you to be there. It just, you know, even if you don't say anything, it's just gonna, it'll be an extra body just to fill in the scene, you know? I, you've just done this a lot this season, Leva, and it worries me, especially if we're giving you a spinoff. What happens if you don't want to go out to your bar? Because too many people are fighting at your bar. What what, 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 what then? We just we close up shop? We have to end the show early? No, you got to get in the game, girl. We cut to Olivia and her mom. She's like, I don't know what to pack. Then we cut to Vanita packing tons of options. Then we cut to Austin packing shoes. He goes, these shoes suck. These shoes rule. He literally says that. Then we cut to Taylor and Shep packing. And she's like, Shep, get up. He's just laying in bed. And Leva goes, um, oh, Leva didn't say that. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Taylor says, okay, fine. Bye. I'm leaving without you. And Taylor says, oh, who's this? Who's this pulling up at her place? And it's Vanita. And she's like, I'm excited. I've never been to St. Simon's. And Taylor goes, you're going to ride with me and Craig. So obviously the producers won't let. 
Shep and Taylor ride together. So remember, it's kind of interesting to think about it from that perspective of them trying to create the drama and the scenes is that they want Taylor and Shep to not ride with each other so they can talk about their relationship. So we can get those scenes of Austin yelling at Shep and stuff like that. So we kind of, you know, gets that tension going. Craig comes, Austin comes, and Taylor says, oh my God, Shep, look how messy your car is. And there's like just shit everywhere. Uh, there's, he goes, there's even a coffee cup. And he goes, I wish I was more organized. I'm just not. I'm just not. Aggressively. Which, by the way, this is the part made me laugh because I say this shit on the podcast all the time. I'm like, I wish I was more organized. I'm not. Like, here's the deal. I am. There is that Shep in all of us. And I'm ashamed. Uh, but I truly, I do want to be organized. So, so we look at Olivia and she's coming down the street in a golf cart with her dad, Gary. And Gary's like, Hey, Austin, I've never seen you this early in the morning. And he goes, I didn't go out last night. I slept 12 hours, which by the way, that's weird to me. Like I would love to sleep 12 hours. First off, don't have the time too busy. Second off, my body just won't let me do it. This is what we've made these people. We've made reality stars that get wasted three, four nights a week, and then they're eight, their bodies are so um, used to easy street that they can, they'll just sleep 12, 12 hours, man. I got a good 12, solid 12. Still a little tired, still a little tired. And Gary's like, what happened? You hit your head? Like giving him shit. We find out that Catherine can't go because of the kids and Whitney is coming later and Naomi is coming later. So, okay, we get in the car. Austin's going to drive Shep's car and Austin's in the car. He's like, I'm ready to drink. No shit. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. And Shep says, we're going to have fun. And it's three hours away to Hilton Head. He goes, it's kind of like Hilton Head, St. Simon. And a talking head chef goes, it's a resort town. It's beautiful. It's like the setting Spanish moss, big oak trees and beaches, golf and tennis and fishing. It's how I grew up. Everyone knows. It's every, it's everything quaint, you know? And Olivia goes, until we arrive, high five, high five. And chef's like, yeah, they're going to hate us. In the other car, Craig asks what the lodging looks like. And Taylor's like, okay, so there's... The, a little house, but there's villas and stuff. And I think you and Austin are going to be in a villa. And in the main house is going to be Benita, myself, Olivia, and Shep, and Naomi. And Whitney, I guess, has his own villa because he's a princess, Taylor says. Which is just, <laughs> I'd like my own villa so I can be awkward by myself. We cut to Austin's car and uh, he goes, hey, what's the uh, what's the bet if Naomi winds up in Whitney's uh, bedroom in his villa tomorrow and olivia's like 20 bucks and he's like yeah let's do that and chef goes i'll take the other side and olivia's like what's wrong you don't like making money he's like you think they're gonna hook up and he's like definitely and then taylor goes in her car she goes have you ever sent a nude and craig's like yeah of course of course and he folds his arm he's, of course of course i've sent my dick of course i sent a dick pic that's an offensive question. Of course, look at me. You'd, you'd welcome a dick pic from Craig Conover. In fact, I've got a pillow that is in the shape of a dick pic. <laughs> and Taylor goes, have you, Vanita? And she's like, absolutely. They all cr- laugh, just a creepy sexting laugh. And Craig goes, I, I've i always heard really, but I believe that I've sent dick pics on Snapchat. I'm a big sexter, Craig says. 
in a talking head, Craig goes, I'm a little biased on these rules. Like, but if you're a guy, never ever send an unsolicited dick pic. If you're a girl, no one's going to get mad at that. <laughs> Taylor says, Craig is a sexual devi- deviant. And he goes like, I think you should watch porn with your partner. Uh, I think that's like a good way to get things going. And Taylor goes, I don't want to ask what you and Paige are into. And Craig just goes, ha, 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 But seriously, I've been thinking about it nonstop and I'm so scared. And it just, I mean, the things that I'm imagining Craig making Paige do and like the websites they're on and like, listen, they're both beautiful people, uh, but they're doing weird things with their body online. And it's, you know, listen, there's hackers out there, you guys. We're going to see, uh, you know, can you imagine seeing a sex? A sex, a sexteen tape, not a sex tape, but a sexteen tape of Craig and Paige. He's like, imagine I like I throw all the pillows off the bed, and I just I I rip my gray sweatpants on, and my dong is just there presenting itself, and I'm like, I'm like Paige, check this out, and you're just laying there because you like to lay down, and you're like, come to me, Craig, and and then I lay down, and then we do naked stuff. <laughs> um, other car, Olivia's like, I'm going to kick your ass at tennis. And Shep goes, my swing explodes. And he goes, <laughs> she goes, lucky Taylor. And then he goes, I'm not playing an activity with Taylor the rest of my life. Cause last time she made me say, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like she made me do that. So I'm not, I don't want to play with her. We get another flashback to that moment. And Shep goes, Hey, we all do things. We regret we're fallible people. This is that thing where it's like when smart people try to like get poetic about something they've done wrong of like, yo, man, like sometimes I just don't know why I get angry. I do. I snapped. I'm really ashamed. But he's like, listen, sometimes we just do things like our our brains are connected. Sometimes we can fail as people, but it's how we get back up. You know, it's like one of those. And Olivia goes, yeah, of course. But moving forward. You know, you got to work on those things. And Shep's like, sure, okay. And Olivia's like, that's all it is. And then Shep goes, you know how I feel about Taylor. Everyone here does. And you know what I'm going to say to her? I kind of, I kind of want Taylor to quit her fucking job, you know? And Austin's like, shop, that is so dumb, dude. That is like how you get like complete control over her. And Shep's like, I don't want control over her. I want to like travel all around the world. And Austin's like, she's then like financially reliable on you. And that is so the wrong move. In a talking head, Austin's like, Olivia quitting her job and traveling with, you know, is not necessarily the step in the right direction. And it's a little presumptuous because like, does Taylor even want to quit her job? If, and then Austin goes, if Taylor... If Taylor has any self-respect, she will not do that. And, she, and then he goes, I'm jaw-dropped hearing that, Austin says. And Chef goes, jaw-dropped? And he's like, you're missing the fucking point, pal. In a talking head, Chef goes, uh, no, Austin goes, I would never ask a woman to quit her job. Growing up, I would live in a household where my mother worked. I heard three sisters, all like the breadwinners. And, you know, it was like the source of their independence. Their work set them free as women. <laughs> no, I get it. My, my mom worked my entire life too. 
you know, I mean, she busted her ass. I talk about this all the time on the podcast. Like, truly, I was such an idiot that never really appreciated, like, that this lady would go and work all day and come home and still make us dinner. I mean, sure, mainly it was hamburger helper, but still, that's a meal. And it was a, it's a good meal. But you know what I'm saying. And then Shep, like, getting, like, hearing all this, and he's like, hold on, gotta make a wish. He's like, every time I cross the state line, I cross my fingers and out the window to make a wish. And, of course, his wish was, like, what's your wish? And he's like, for Taylor not to be a fucking idiot. <laughs> and Austin goes, Shep, I'm done with you, dude. I'm done. I'm trying to talk to you. And you're like, sticking in. Then we cut to the plates. It's cute. Vanita asks Olivia, how miserable were you in their car? And she's like, negative four, girl. And Shep goes, we're going to have fun. They all get in. It's a nice place. They're all getting rooms. Everybody's getting a room. And Taylor uh, goes, oh, my God, I think I smell. And Shep gets a whiff. He's like, oh, my God, Taylor, you need to put deodorant on shit. And I was like, oh, Shep's like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. Then we go to Austin and Craig. They're going to check out their villa. And Shep's like, I'm going to come with you guys. And they're in a golf cart. Girls stay behind and start drinking. And uh, they go into the villa. There's two bedrooms. One has an ocean view, so they rock, paper, scissors for it. Because, you know, they're nearing 40. And um, Austin, but Austin loses because he always chooses paper. Craig's like, you always choose paper. You always choose paper. (laughs) Then we cut to the girls talking about what they're going to wear for tennis. And Naomi pops in. And she's like, oh, this is so great. This is the girls' house, and, and Shep's going to be here as well. Then we cut to the guys, and Craig's like, if the, if the girls are playing tennis, let's sit at the hot tub and drink beer. And Shep's like, no, we're playing mixed doubles. And Craig's like, no, we're not. You have been less than 30 feet away from Taylor like in a year. Let's go to the hot tub. Like, what is it all of a sudden? Like, do we want Taylor to be treated well, or do we not? Like, I'm so confused with these guys sometimes. And Shep says, I'm not doing what you want to do, dude. And Austin says, okay, let's just let's just see. And he calls Olivia. And we hear Craig and Shep fighting in the background about tennis. And we hear, like, Shep goes, could you suck at tennis? And Austin says, uh, so what's, what's the tennis situation? And Olivia goes, we're going to play it. And Olivia says, are you trying to go to the hot tub with Craig and, and, and get out of tennis? And Craig says, oh, don't you go... I don't even know what I wrote there. Craig says, hey, don't you go play Craig Faye. I don't know. Craig says, why don't you go? Why don't you go play then? And Shep goes, I am. Olivia says, don't go to the hot tub with your boyfriend, Craig Austin. And Craig says, this is ridiculous. I thought the girls wanted to hang out. And Shep says something that I didn't write down. And Craig says, stop speaking for the girls. And Shep says, you are speaking for the girls. And then Olivia says, I thought... We were playing tennis. If you don't want to, don't. And Craig says, say you're at the tennis court. And we're all of a sudden at the tennis court. Craig learned to serve when he was 16, but hasn't really played since. Naomi and Austin against Craig and Olivia. It's tied. Craig is being really intense with his swings. And he goes, I'm a competitive person who's like, I'm kind of good at like a lot of different things. Like, basketball is the only sport Austin can beat me in. And anything other than that, I'll destroy him. I got to tell you, i he's such a man. I have never been this confident about anything. Like, even the things that I'm decent at, you would never catch me saying a lot. Like, I'll beat his ass. Like, I've never uttered that word in my life. I Like, what, you know, and this is the, this is kind of Adam Levine behavior right here. He's like, 
I bet the hottie will never know I cheated on her. <laughs> In a talking head, um, Austin goes, here's the problem. Craig thinks he's like the LeBron James of everything, but I played my sports my whole life. Like, So play on, player, Austin says. Uh, LeBron James uh, reminded me of Lisa Rinna's stupid quote from this weekend saying I'm the LeBron James of housewives. You're the LeBron James of annoying the shit out of me. You do it the best. Um, Austin wins and Craig goes, I don't understand it. Shep and Taylor against uh, Naomi and Vanita. And Shep says, it's it's hard for me to be on a team sometimes. I want to win. Like Michael Jordan is the worst competitor, but also he's the greatest of all times. And you're just playing a game with some... You know, friends, Shep, this you're, this isn't Michael Jordan. Come, come on, man. And he's like, Taylor, we need to win. And I'm like, oh, this is already bad. And she goes, I hate playing doubles. And Shep is trying to really throw. It's tied. And he's like, here we go. They won. Thank God they won because Taylor would have been dead. Taylor would have been like, you would. Taylor would not be alive anymore. And Shep goes, I'm just, I get angry at the ball. And Craig says, angry and hope in the same sentence. I don't know what that means. Okay. We cut to Naomi getting ready for dinner and Olivia burned her ear, curling her hair while drunk. Vanita's getting ready with Taylor. Taylor has a pimple under her nose. So that's a huge development. And Vanita goes, ooh. And uh, they ask Shep, are the guys jealous? You get to be with the girls. And he's like, they have an ocean view. We cut to Craig and Austin and they're literally uh, going down on each other. It's very beautiful, very romantic. No, uh, they're blow drying their hair. That's another thing I don't do. Like these guys really take care of themselves. I don't like you see most, even if you're, if you watch the YouTube or if you're my, my, my mom, you realize that I wear a hat most of the time because I haven't gotten a haircut in months. It's like so big right now. And Craig goes to Austin, your hair looks like shit. And that hurt. Like Austin takes such pride in his hair. And Austin's like, don't, don't say that dude. And Craig's like, please don't yell at me. <laughs> and then Austin goes, you look nice. And Craig's like, thank you. And we see Craig pour a heavy amount of wine in his room. And Austin says, I just had a conversation with Shep and he said, I'm going to ask Taylor to quit her job, dude. Was like, you're going to take her away from her last shred of independence. And Craig's like, that's classic textbook control, you know? And Austin's like, it's like Taylor. When I say jump, you got to say how high. And Craig's like, it's getting to the point. We can't ignore it. And I'm like, motherfucker, you just wanted to drink beers and a hot tub away from the women a second ago. In a talking head, Craig goes, I don't think Shep understands the severity of what he's asking Taylor to do. And Austin's like, I was like, this is not okay, Shep. Craig's like, that gives him so much power over her, and it'll lead to resentment. We cut to Shep saying, hey, Taylor, you can juggle. They're like juggling, and Shep's juggling. I don't know, man. And Olivia says, I'm going to judge. I'm going to chug tequila, but you guys keep going. Um, they're going to a restaurant called Mullet Bay. And so we have some jokes about mullets and, uh, name is like, is Whitney meeting us at Mullet Bay? Uh, then we have Austin calling Shep. Um, oh, Austin calls Shep and he's like, Craig and I are walking over now. So why don't you guys head outside and we can all head out. They walk out. Craig goes, Hey, let's go to dinner. 
Shep says, I'm in a sorority house, a hen in a hen house. <laughs> and Shep gets in the van. He's like, take us to Mullet Bay and step on it, trying to be cute. We cut to the restaurant in Mullet Bay. They all get out of their cars. They have a table set up. This looks kind of like a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. It looks kind of fun, you know, seafoody, I guess, you know. It's cool. And Shep says, I'll sit next to you, Olivia. And Shep says, Whitney is very close. He'll be here soon. Olivia says, do you know your girlfriend's found multiples attractive oh oh he says do you know your girlfriend finds mullets attractive Shep Olivia says that and Taylor says yeah baseball guys yeah I like them too they got good butts and the waitress comes up at this point and it's asked does Shep have a good butt and Olivia's and sorry Taylor's like he has a cute butt you know Uh, But he's been taking notice of Austin's butt lately. And it's, you know, he's like, Austin's butt has gotten so big. In a talking head, Austin goes, Shep always talks about my butt. And the waitress goes, okay, you guys want a bottle? And Shep's like, we'll get two bottles of this wine. And, And Austin goes, I think he's just jealous that I'm getting gains in all the right places. And Austin stands up and everybody is, they're like, Austin, oh my God, Austin. Oh my God, look at that peach. Oh my God, Austin, look at that ass. Like, it is nice. It's nice. You know, he's got a nice bubble butt. Bubble, bubble, bubble butt. Bubble butt. And Shep, honestly, they have a shot of Shep and he looks mesmerized. He goes, like, it's like a tractor beam. Like, Austin showed his ass and Shep was like, it was so, it was like truly weird. And she was like, that's a fat ass. (laughs) Shep says, Austin's Austin's butt has gotten like more bulky and bigger and it like makes me want to do leg day. And then Shep goes, he's got a prodigious butt. I'm not going to even look that up, you guys, because I'm scared. But, I, you know, I'll probably use it in a sentence sometime next week and not even know what it means. Naomi says, uh, you do have a fat ass, Austin. And uh, he's like, yeah, Shep, Shep has a fascination with my butt. Craig immediately orders Jaeger shots and they're all talking over each other as the waitress is trying to get orders. And Craig goes, honestly, after you put in that first round of shots, just do a second round of shots. And Craig also orders vodka and soda. And Naomi says, okay, everybody, you have to be better at kind of listening to the waitress. Everyone is having their own conversation and it's kind of making her uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's just like a simple thing. Like they were all talking over her and it's, you know, it, it, it listen, it's an unnecessary comment, probably, but it wasn't annoying. And Craig immediately goes, how many years did you serve? I was like, in the army? And he's like, you know, he's like, he goes, our bartender for seven years. How many did you do? Did you work in food and bev? And he uses the word bev instead of beverage, like food and beverage, food and bev, food bob. And Naomi just is blank face, like, what the fuck? He goes, I'm just asking, do you work in food and bev? Just asking you. How long have you worked in food and bev? Food and bev. If I ever do make crack, I'm going to have him say food and bev to me. Say food and bev. Like, by the way, that's his sex scene. How long have you worked in food and bev? Eggplant emoji. In a talking head, Naomi's like, I'm sorry I didn't realize I had to submit my food and bev resume to convince you to be respectful to the waitress. And Naomi goes, okay, all I'm saying is we should acknowledge her. And Craig goes, and we did. Naomi goes, fine, I wasn't talking to you, God. And Austin is telling Shep, he's like, God, it's like that, that, that point where like every, like with your ex, where everything she says, you fucking hate her, you know? And Craig goes, sorry, 
when you make a general statement, I'm going to fucking jump in. And Austin says, Craig, she said one thing, dude. And he's like, she challenged the way we should act. And Austin goes, she didn't challenge anybody, dude. And he's like, this is stupid, relax. And Austin goes, we haven't even done our shots yet, dude. By the way, I know I'm doing them as like surfer voices, but it's just... It shows my lack of skill, you guys. It's but you 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 know it. I think it it's representative up. Craig his head in hand is like, oh my god, I'm gonna go to the bar. In a talking head, Naomi's facial expression. She goes, Craig goes, Naomi's facial expression and her tone, like I still relate that to the last year, the bad year of our relationship. Like Craig is so strung out on this relationship. And it's really, if I was Paige, I would be kind of like weirded out, like severely. It's one of these things that like, you know, I said this yesterday, I think on Monday show, it was like a guy got one over on and he'll never forget. A girl got one over on him. He'll never forget. He goes up randomly. Some, some middle-aged ladies like, you want to do a shot? We're going to do a Jaeger bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and I know this is disgusting, but I always want to own my own shit. My friend Lisa Renault always told me to do that. Is I still like Jaeger. Like I, you know, I'll order it. Like I'll, you know, not often. It's been, but I'll like a Jaeger and a Bud Light. Like, come on, man. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. A Jaeger and a Bud Light. But I do it now, and if I do it, people like are just legitimately disturbed. It's just it's like I guess Jaeger's a young man's game, you know. Remember Goldschlager, you guys? It was a similar tasting, uh, uh, you know, alcohol, but it had little specks of gold. So then, like you know, I was like, oh, then people were like mining their poop. <laughs> no, because and Craig goes, hearing her judgmental is going to set me off. And Shep goes, God. And Olivia says, this group has more triggers. And Austin goes, done a trigger fish. Okay. And in a talking head, Austin goes, I don't think, oh, Naomi says, I don't think the problem was me yelling at Craig or being mean to him. This is just how Craig is. And Craig is really a unique individual. And you really see how much so when he does drink. Because normal Craig is very interesting. You see how uncomfortable, not in a Whitney way, but just in the, you know, I got to do this and I got to do this. But when he drinks, he's able to be full Craig, you know? Craig comes back and he's like, I'm good. We just don't see eye to eye on food and bev, you know? And she goes, I've learned to control my emotions. Clearly, he has not done that. We cut to Vanita going, um, oh, my God, they're holding hands, Austin and Olivia. Whitney comes in, so, like, party time. And he's like, sorry I'm late, sorry I'm late. What have I missed? And Austin's like, Craig just, like, yelled at Naomi. And he's like, glad I missed that. Shots come, appetizers. Craig immediately downs his Jaeger shot. Like, we're a lot of shots. And Whitney goes, I don't, I don't do screw tops wine but like thank you <laughs> okay dickhead bring your own wine i don't know maybe they have a corkage fee they all do more shots everyone's ready to order dinner um uh i think whitney orders grilled flan flounder or maybe that was austin and then austin goes 
Do you know Whitney's hung like a bull? He tells Vanita. And Vanita falls over back in her chair, which was kind of funny. Literally, aren't, are bulls known for big dongs or small dongs? Like, it could go either way. But, like, that's... Whitney probably paid Austin to, like, throw out a big dong rumor. If I had access to unlimited money, I'd pay all you guys to just throw around, like, that I have a huge dong rumor. You know? Like, just throw it out there. Like, may, let me be the mysterious podcaster, the bad boy of podcasting that obviously has a huge dong. And I'd pay everybody for that. Austin picks Vanita up and Craig tells Whitney, um, con, con, do shot with me. Con, con. And Whitney goes with Craig to the bar for another shot. And Chef tells Olivia, I don't know what's up with the Craig. He's like drinking his nuts off. And then we see Craig at the bar. His nuts literally have come off. And Craig comes back with more shots, Jaeger. And Austin goes, oh, he just took like four shots. And Naomi is just looking at Craig. And he goes, what's up? I thought everyone was happy. And she goes, yeah, everyone's happy. Well, you're just sitting there with a frown. Turn your frown upside down, Craig says. She goes, you know what would turn my frown upside down? He goes, what? And, well, if Leva hadn't told me, you said really mean things about me at Friendsgiving. I go, what mean thing was, what are you talking about? And then we get a flashback to the psycho ex-girlfriend line. And Naomi goes, why would you say that? And Craig's like, that never happened. And she goes, apparently it did. And then Whitney's like, shut up. And and Craig's like, you shut up. And then Whitney's like, I'm going to defend her honor. And he goes, I don't care. And Craig says, what's going on with your friend Leva? And Naomi's like, she's not going to make things up. She's genuinely just watching out for me. In a talking head, Craig goes, everyone knows what you call your ex crazy, you know, that you call your ex crazy, but you don't go and run and tell that ex and be like, you know, Craig thinks you're like cringe. Like, what? I mean, that's just not, that's not right. Like, I love Craig always, when every time Craig fails, he writes his own rules. Like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And... Whitney goes, asshole. And Craig goes, oh, my God. Move on with your life, Naomi. Seriously. Move on with your fucking life and stop bringing me into this. It's crazy. And he gets up. And then we go, bop-a-doo, bop-a-dee-ee. Next time on Southern Charm. And we see them shrimping and golfing and playing a drinking game, having a conversation. And they're, they're playing a drinking game every time Shep says the word happy or something else. And they're like, drink, drink. And then Shep comes up to Taylor. He's like, I'm sick of being attacked and people making fun of me. And then we hear, we see Austin and Shep getting into it. And, and Shep screaming, I can't believe I share the same breath in the air as you. And then we have drunk Craig fighting Austin and taking him down outside of the bar. And then Naomi talking to Leva and saying, like, shut up, Leva. And Leva goes, oh, no, 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 we ain't going to do that. That is the end of this week's Southern Charm. My God, what an episode, folks. We had a great pop culture roundup in the beginning, and then we had this Southern Charm. Remember to use the timestamps. I always tell you that at the end. <laughs> You're like, too late now, buddy. But uh, thank you guys for listening. I'll uh, talk to you on Wednesday. This was a solid up. I like. I mean, this is a, a... I'm patting myself on the back. For a man with such a huge dong, I, this is a skill. This is truly a skill. Okay, you guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Batches.